make me cry. Probably that she makes food for us. She's sweet, she's kind, she always helps people. What about you? Daddy. T-Rex. You like that mommy's a T-Rex? Yeah. Being a princess. Because she takes care of us. And she likes to cuddle with me. She cooks good. She always has. She loves me. Because she likes doing stuff with me. And she likes cuddling with me. As we just know, I know that mommy gives me a hug. I really have food. Wash clothes. Teaching your students. Putting on shows for me. Uh, help us. Boys, uh, be books. <laughs> Take care of books. I love you, Mommy, and happy Father's Day. I love you, Mom. Happy Mother's Day. I love you, Mom. Happy Mommy Day. That's fantastic. Well, we do. We want to say happy Mother's Day to everyone out there. And uh, we've got a special gift for you on your way out today, moms. Uh, for all the ladies actually here in the service, we've got a gift just to let you know that you are seen, you are known, and you are deeply loved, not only by God, but by your church family as well. Well, today we have a real, real treat. And I hope you brought some things to take some notes with, um, to jot some things down, because I believe God wants to speak something to each of our hearts today. It was uh, a little over a year ago, uh, Pastor Clayton and I headed out to Colorado Springs to attend a pastor's roundtable and uh, do a training event, and attend a training event rather. And uh, while we were there, we had the opportunity of meeting uh, some of Clayton's friends, somebody that he was a roommate with in college. I got to hear lots of incriminating stories. It was a blast. And uh, we got to meet uh, Ryan and Kelsey Cole, and they quickly became very dear to my own heart. Um, getting to hear their story, getting to hear a little bit about what God was stirring in them as they were on the cusp with a friend of theirs to begin a new ministry endeavor to encourage moms um, and, and dads kind of all over um, the U.S. with their unique story and a unique grace to bring hope and healing to hearts that were hurting. And uh, we got to enjoy some time together each time we've been to Colorado now, spending time with them. They started out as friends of Clayton. Now they have become friends of mine. And I'm personally claiming that uh, on my own right, we get to eat tacos together uh, when we're out there. And Ryan takes us on the incline and about kills your pastor. 
uh, and I can't breathe. This thing is so incredibly intense in the Rocky Mountains. Uh, but we've made lots of memories. We've spent a lot of time praying together. And uh, today, I hope you are ready to hear a message from our good friend, Kelsey Cole. Could we, so would you stand and give a warm faith church welcome to Kelsey Cole as she comes and brings a word. Come on. Thank you guys so much. Faith Church. Oh, y'all look good this morning. You clean up so well on Mother's Day and, of course, every week. Um, I was going to come up here and say Happy Father's Day. Oh, no, 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 no. That's right. That was, that was Mother's Day. That little baby, though, with the hair. Whew, if I could take him home, I would. <laughs> well, again, I just want to say thank you so much. It is such an honor and privilege to be with you on Mother's Day. What a great day uh, to celebrate the love of Jesus. And for, for my mom, for your mom, um, for our kids, the blessing to be a mom. So a big thank you to Matthew and Amber and just the entire staff for your um, hospitality and just your love. Um, and so today, I believe that, that I have a special message for you today that um, is all about hope. Um, you know, I, I'm not a pastor. I'm not uh, a big keynote speaker. You probably have ner- never heard my name, Kelsey Cole. I hope not, anyways. And uh, <laughs> at least on the, on the good side of Google, right? But, um, but I believe that, that my resume holds two things, and that is that I'm an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. Amen. And so I have the honor and privilege to share a little bit of our testimony. Um, but again, I really just want to, um, to honor moms. And so, uh, you know, today on Mother's Day, it can be such a, a joyful day, a day of celebration and presents and cards and purses and shoes and all the other things that make you go into debt. But <laughs> but for some people, Mother's Day can be a little painful. It can be a little messy. Whether you have a, a possibly a strained relationship with your mom, maybe you've never met your mom. Maybe you've lost a child. Maybe you've lost your mom. <laughs> maybe you are yearning to conceive that child that you haven't been able to yet, that you so desperately want to. Or perhaps maybe even you were put in the unthinkable position of making the choice to even give up your child. No matter what your Mother's Day looks like today, I want you to know, just as your keychain says, that you are loved, you are seen, and you are known by a Heavenly Father who wants you to discover a new perspective of hope today. So if you have children here or in heaven, would I ask all mothers for a moment to briefly stand so we can recognize and honor you today. Thank you. Well, like I said this morning, my message is called A Mother's What is hope? What is the definition of hope? The Webster Dictionary defines hope as a feeling of expectation or desire for a certain thing to happen. Synonyms of hope include, but not limited to, an aspiration, a desire, a longing, a yearning, an expectation, an ambition, or a plan. 
The Greek word of, of hope is elpis, which translates to anticipate usually with pleasure. In reading more about the definition of hope, you can also find the antonyms along with, along with the synonyms, which include, but are not limited to, disbelief, dislike, distrust, doubt, fear, hate, hopelessness, reality, despair, and discouragement. And looking back at the, at the past few years of your life, Maybe you can identify with the meaning and this, the definition of hope. Or perhaps maybe your life has looked like one of the antonyms, the opposite of what you think all hope could look like. This past year, I could feel like we all could say that, that COVID and everything that's happened has thrown at least a curveball or two. Am I right? Yeah. Yes. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm not talking about the crisis of homeschooling necessarily kind of suffering, but the kind of suffering and loss that, that really no one ever, ever wants to encounter. Now, I know what you're thinking. Oh, joy, a Mother's Day sermon on suffering. <laughs> oh, joy, this is going to be so much fun. Well, yes, while we are going to be talking about suffering we are mainly going to be focusing on what suffering produces if we allow God to just be with us in the midst of the pain, and that is our hope. Will you pray with me? Oh, gracious Father, God, thank you so much for this opportunity to bring a word of encouragement to Faith Church this morning. God, I believe that you have something for not only each mother today, Father, but for each person. God, a renewed sense of hope, really diving into what, what hope is for them personally and what it looks like. So God, I just ask that you draw to, your, draw to just near to the hearts of, of everyone here joining us this morning and online. God, we love you so much, and we thank you, and we pray these things in your name. Amen. It's much drier in Colorado compared to the humidity here, and I feel like I'm already needing water. What's happening? What's happening? Oh, gosh. Well, open your Bibles with me. I want you to turn to Romans chapter 5, verses 3 through 5. For some of you, it might look like you're opening your iPhone. Hallelujah. <laughs> I do love me a good, good printed Bible, though. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of glory of God. Now picking up on verse 3. I apologize. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that the tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out into the hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. See, this is proof that I'm kind of a new school person, but an old school girl in the sense that I do have a New King James version uh, right in front of me, and I have the NIV up on the screen. So you're seeing the words, the tribulation or the suffering produces endurance. Or perseverance. You're seeing that the endurance produces character. 
My husband, Ryan, who's joining me today, he's the beautiful man with that gorgeous beard over there. <laughs> we've been married. We've been able to celebrate um, a little over 10 years of marriage this past August. Hallelujah. And um, in that journey, I just, I remember, I remember our wedding as if it was yesterday. And I remember the officiant, you know, standing, standing there before us and reciting our vows to us. And we picked more of the traditional vows, but we hadn't used language that really we could relate to, and, and that it was just more us. And one of the things that he said in our vows were lines like, I promise to be faithful to you in the good times and in the hard times. But see, now that my husband, after we've celebrated 10 years, he recalls different lines in our vows that, you know, I promise to be faithful to you and give you nightly back rubs and foot rubs until the good Lord takes me home. <laughs> Amen. But I question if I blacked out at that point during the wedding or not, because those are still to this day vows I don't remember. <laughs> but what I do remember is the promise to be faithful and the fullest of God's blessings in our lives together, uh, but also when we were tried and presented with the lowest of the lows. And it was truly on August 28th of 2010 that I had n absolutely no idea what I was signing up for and what that looked like. You are probably seeing a picture of my family. This is our beautiful daughter, Kennedy, who is seven years old. And like I said, we live in Colorado Springs, um, have a wonderful, wonderful church family, wonderful community that has been there through the highest of highs and those lowest of lows. And you see, when I mentioned my family earlier, um, I, what I didn't tell you is that this is what my family of eight looks like. And you're thinking, okay, wow, she's very bad at math. Don't know how educated she is, because um, I only see three. Um, and that is because we have five kids that are hanging out with Jesus until we get there. Unfortunately, during those 10 years, my husband and I have, have suffered miscarriage and stillbirth anywhere from eight weeks up until 38 weeks. And it, to say that it has shaken my faith, and been the hardest thing I've ever had to walk is the understatement of today. You see, not just as a mom, but as a parent, I truly believe, y'all, that there are few greater joys in life than the one of having a child, but there are few greater devastating moments than the death of one. One of the biggest challenges that I think that we all face in life is to not lose hope. When you go through a trial, usually your friends are like, well, at least you have hope, you know, especially as a believer. Well, okay, just, just keep hoping. Keep hoping for the best. But what does that actually look like? It's really hard to wait for those desires that, that never seem to come to fruition or to even keep believing when we face such disappointment and pain and pressure. One thing that I've learned is that when our plans don't go the way that we think they should, the way that we wrote them out to be, it makes our hope in Christ waver. Or even sometimes you can completely lose it entirely. But can you lose something that you don't have? Do you have hope this morning? Where is your hope rooted? 
this morning. This brings me to my first point, which is that hope is a choice. That is truth. Y'all, I love it. If you just want to shout out a preach or a word or a no throwing shoes at me, I'm not that, I'm not that crazy, okay, but um, <laughs> no, that encouragement is so good. When I think about hope being a choice, I think of optimism. You see, naturally, I am a very joyful person. I consider myself to be a class A optimist. I never, don't know if, you, if that's a thing, but I would say it is. And, and I assume the best. And you see, I think I get this from my mom. My mom's name is Jana. Shout out to Jana if you're watching online. <laughs> and I have the most beautiful, joy-filled mother. Growing up, I, I truly don't remember my mom being like super mean or angry or even like getting in a fight and having conflict with my dad in front of us kids. And you see, I think that's where my joy part of my joy stems from is that optimism, that positivity that was passed on from my mom. At her job, she is the, the main console operator at a huge communication company, and she's the first person who answers the phone when you pick it up. And I love it because on my mom's desk is a huge smiley face about this big, and it just reminds her to be pleasant. It reminds her to be that smile on the other end of the phone because people can hear your smile, am I right? They can also hear the opposite, which is the bad mood. <laughs> and so when I think about where my joy comes from, not only does it come from my mama, but my sense of joy <laughs> is not just a half-hearted optimism that things will get better. My joy and hope rest in the assurance that God has and, and will overcome this life. I have a sense, I have a picture in my head that I want to paint for you, and it's the difference between my joy and my happiness. I truly think, and it's kind of funny because we spent most of the weekend on the farm and, and just walking in God's lush, green, rain-filled creation, which we desperately need in Colorado. But I think of just a garden and what a farmer and a, a harvester and a sower plants into their garden. I think of carrots. I know that's strange. But I think about carrots and, and vegetables like potatoes that are rooted into the, into the ground. They're deeply rooted and you can't see anything on top but the leaves. But when you pull out that vegetable and what is there that's not even seen that is deeply rooted. And to me, that is a picture of my joy. My joy is a deeply rooted carrot, not a dangling carrot. That is my happiness because happiness is fleeting and my happiness wavers, even day to day, even hour by hour. But my joy is deeply rooted in Christ, in Christ Jesus. Turn to John 16, 33. To me, the fact that my hope rests in that God has an already come, excuse me, that has already come this life is the promise that you can find in John 16, 33. It says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. 
And in this world, oh, you will. You, oh, oh, not you maybe. Oh, that could possibly happen. No, you will have trouble. But take heart, y'all. Take heart because I have overcome the world. In this scripture, I see, I see two promises, quite frankly. And the first is the one of that the promise of trouble and trials is real. The second is that through him, peace is obtainable. This is truly the main verse that assures us that we can have a peace-filled assurance that God has us. Where does your assurance stand today? If you could think of a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being like, I'm in the thick of it, I'm reacting, I'm not thinkfully and thoughtfully responding, I'm weak, I'm tired, I'm weary. Up to 10, saying, I know what my God says about my trial. I know what the scripture says. It says, take heart because God's got me. It says that I can have peace and hope resting in the assurance of his promises and standing on his word. You see, I think the choice boils down to this, that we can either cave into the pressure of being overwhelmed by those trials, or we can choose to lean into him and allow him to walk with us through them. Not denying that they never happened, not intentionally diving into it to see what God has for you and to seek healing, because grieving is real, and it is thick, and it is a season that is required, unfortunately. But we know that we can approach these trials, y'all, with victory, knowing that he's walking them through us. He grieves with us. Do you know that? Do you understand that? When, I, when, when Ryan and I were married in 2010 and we walked through our first loss in 2011, I didn't know anyone that had had a miscarriage before. I didn't know anyone that had lost a child. And the people started coming out of the woodworks, right and left, saying, I've lost three babies. I lost a baby 10 years ago, 20 years ago. My, even my sweet mama came to me and told me that after me, the baby, she had lost one as well. When you feel alone, he grieves with you because death was not in the original game plan. Do you know that? And because of the fall, that's a way different sermon that Matthew, I'll let him give that to you later. <laughs> but because of the fall, we have to suffer through those trials. So maybe for you, it, it doesn't look like child loss. It doesn't look like miscarriage. But maybe for you, maybe what your child looks like is the loss of a marriage, infidelity within a marriage, or the lack of vows and broken trust that was made years ago. Maybe for you, it looks like suffering through the loss of a career that you anticipated to have. And because of COVID, you no longer have that job. Perhaps life is filled with the addiction that no one knows about, or even the secret sin <laughs> that you're holding so tight 
that Satan just wants to keep you in shame with. Y'all, he grieves with us. God wants to produce good fruit in deep pain. He wants to produce an utter dependence and reliance on him and a full surrendering of, to him and his love for you. I think of all the trials that we go through, the loss of the job, the loss of kids, the suffering, whatever, whatever that looks like to you. If none of those things are in heaven and we're called to proclaim the kingdom of God here on earth as it is in heaven, then hope can exist in our hearts. Can I tell you today that you're never too far gone? You're never, ever too far gone from the love of God. No matter what you're going through, there is a loss. There is no loss. There is no trial that you will go through in this life that is too far out of reach from the hope of God. In Psalm 34, verses 17 through 18, it says this. The righteous cry out, the Lord hears them, and he delivers them from all of their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted, y'all. And he saves those who are crushed in spirit. So think of your scale. Think of where you're at on that scale. Because if we give him our broken hearts, he is the only one that knows how to put them together because he made them. That brings me to point number two, which is that hope requires action. And when we look at this verse, when we look at what Paul writes here in Romans 5, he says that suffering produces endurance. So what does endurance look like? To me, endurance looks like a lot of hard work. Am I right? I think of trained athletes in Colorado Springs where we're blessed to have the Olympic Training Center. And there you can go and see the most amazing not only ripped people that you've ever seen and the most in shape, but the most disciplined people that you will ever, ever see. I think of athletes who put time in their training to accomplish all of their goals, whether that's to the Olympic scale or not. And these workouts that they do include a crazy intense conditioning of their bodies as they work out. And what happens when they work out is that their muscle tissues are damaged because of the intense workout. Shocker, I'm not one of those people, but, <laughs> but I, do know, I do know what it's like to have a torn muscle. But what happens after you aid that muscle, after you nurture that pain, and you pump the protein after your workout, and those muscles repair, what ends up happening? They are stronger, and they are better than ever before, And in time, those athletes are able to go further. They're able to lift stronger and push stronger things and have more endurance. I think of my, my wonderful husband, again, he has in the latter years gotten into cycling, which is very popular in Colorado. He does road biking and mountain biking. And one of the things that, that he actually says is that the hardest part of endurance is actually the mental game. Your mind always wants to quit. It always wants to give up well before your body does. 
And to me, the grieving season, the suffering season, is one of endurance. You can't just put on a pair of running shoes and a cute pair of running shorts and automatically become a runner. Grief requires, requires the necessary steps to dive into it. You can't go around it. You can't sweep it under the rug. But rather, if you go through it, allowing God to reveal himself to you, oh, that intimacy is, is so sweet and so fruitful. Satan wants you to live in those mind games. <laughs> Don't get me started. But there is a war waged for your life in trials because Satan wants to see defeat. He wants to see you stay in that number one wasteful, dry, weary land. He wants you to question why is going through life, if you're having these kind of trials, even worth it? About a year ago, I remember, it was right after we lost our son Lennox. It was a little over a year ago. And I was standing in my mom's front yard. She had just had surgery, and we were there helping her and, and um, doing everything from garden work to dishes and just being there and loving on them. And I remember sitting in my mom's front yard. And, y'all, I've been a believer for years, since I was a little, little girl, um, about Kennedy's age, actually. I was about eight years old when I accepted Christ. And I remember being in that front yard, and I just, I remember battling it out with God. And I cried out to him. And I said, God, what is, I have, I have faith tattooed on my arm. <laughs> what does faith even look like? What is faith worth if you're going to allow me to walk through this again? Last year, we lost our fifth child. And it was our second son that we knew of. And we had so many people speak almost prophecy, a prophecy over us, saying that, that this boy was redemption in our life, that this boy was what redemption looked like. And could I tell you, it wasn't farther from the truth, because redemption is not found in my son, but it's found in the son of God. When I was asking God, What's having faith worth if you're going to allow us to walk through this again? He said, he held me. And he said, my daughter, you have a choice. He said, you can choose to stay here. And he showed me a vision of what I would look like if I chose that. It was like he gave me the option. It was very strange. It was very unusual what I would never expect from Jesus. And he said, you can stay here. You can stay stuck. You can stay in the sadness. You can be depressed. And this is what you're going to look like. And I know this sounds cheesy, everybody, but what I pictured in my head was the witch from Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to reenact that one for you. Praise Jesus. But what I remember seeing, what I remember seeing was an old, decrepit woman hunched back in a cloak with a hood, hidden in shame, 
hidden in darkness and bitterness that was ever consuming. And so God said, Kels, you can choose to stay here, but this is what you will look like. This is what you will become. You will, I, I was just thinking, I will probably be single, probably a raging alcoholic, if not worse, because I'm stuck. Or, Kels, you can choose to walk with me through this pain and through this grief because in me is life. In me is truth. In me is joy abounding. In me is ever-ending ever hope. And I will get you to the other side, which was healing. Going back to the definition of hope and looking at the verb and what the verb side of hope is. It says, expect with confidence and to cherish a desire with anticipation. Without an action, y'all, hope is a wishful thought. How do we put action to our hope? You know, as a, as a first-time mother, those nine months are filled with such joy and such anticip anticipation as they should be. Hear me when I say that. But when you're pregnant after loss, each day in that pregnancy looks like a daily surrendering. It looks like a daily decision to trust God that he is still good and still has gifts for his children because his faithful character never wavers, even when our circumstances do. In Hebrews 12, verses 1 through 2, um, it says, the latter part of verse 1, And let us run the race with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Oh, for the joy set before him, the joy, Jesus counted that joy set before him, he endured the cross scorning at shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. The fact that joy was brought with Jesus to the cross should give us hope. The fact that he anticipated the cross, knowing exactly what was going to be done with him, he had an anticipation with joy because he knew what was to come. He knew that he was our rescue that we need and still need today. My point number three is that hope has friends. <laughs> I was going to say hope has homies. <laughs> a little more alliteration for you, but, but truly, <laughs> hope has friends. Do you all realize how blessed you are to be in a church that values connection groups? Life groups. It's where life happens. It's where hope is found. It's where trust is built. It's where meals are brought to. It's where, hey, I'm going to watch your kids because y'all need to go out on a date night for sure. That's where life happens, and that is such such a huge blessing. And looking back again at the scripture in Romans, 
We've seen that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character. So I'm gonna ask you another question right now. Who are, think about the friends in your life. Think about who your core group of friends are. And I'm talking five people or less. Dr. Aaron Smalley says that your core group of friends, your inner circle, if you will, can change approximately every seven years. So think about who is in, think about who is in that, that inner circle. Who's pouring into you? Who is willing to sit with you in the deepest, darkest of pain, but yet not let you still sit there? They're going to push you back to the heart of the Father. They're not going to keep you stuck. Think of those friends. Think, do, a, do a friend audit in your life <laughs> if you need to. Sit down and, and write out the fruit-producing friends. Now, when you think of the friends who maybe <laughs> aren't on that list, but yet you still love them, don't write them off. Don't vote them off the island. Don't kick them out. <laughs> don't be a jerk. But, but think of the friends that you want to have in that inner circle that you know will absolutely have your back and be there through the thickest of, and thin. When you go through pain, people don't always know the right thing to say. In fact, they can say things that tend to make you feel worse or even more confused or just flat out sometimes stupid and you want to hit them upside the head. I do not recommend doing that. Do not do that. But sometimes they just don't even say anything at all, which can sometimes even hurt worse than even saying the wrong thing. Am I right? Sometimes you're left wondering if people even care. Be the type of friend that wants to go deeper than just the small talk. Be the type of friend that's going to say, hey, how are you really doing right now? Be the type of friend that says, hey, I know that you just lost your child, and so I'm just going to come over and sit, and I'm going to help you do some dishes, maybe do some laundry. I'm going to bring a few meals that you can put in your freezer, and I'm just going to sit so that way you can vent and have an open door to talk to I want to be that type of friend, church, that says, if you don't have hope, you can borrow mine. If you are too weak to stand, I'm going to stand for you. And when your faith is shaken, I will believe for you. In 2018, one of my best friends and coworkers and I, Allison, were pregnant together. And we would work at planning events, and we would also work at um, planning our arranged marriage between her daughter, Cora, and our son, Whitson. Um, and yes, that name probably sounds a little bit familiar. <laughs> and we were very, very, very close to our due dates um, with each other, and it was a joy to have that bond within our friendship. And within two weeks of each other, we both went from planning play dates to planning our children's funerals. Allison was two days away from delivering, being induced, and she delivered a sweet, sweet baby girl named Cora. And I was three days away from a scheduled C-section, and I had to go in for an earlier C-section to deliver um, a beautiful eight-pound, strawberry blonde, curly hair baby boy named Whitson. 
And we were devastated, absolutely devastated. This wasn't our first loss. It was Allison's first. And she just thought, like, this doesn't happen in our family. This isn't normal. Like, I don't know of anyone that has had the loss of a child happen. And, and truly, we went through a season of grieving and mourning. But also, God was calling us deeper. God was calling on us to say, girls, this is a dark subject. And my light and hope needs to be shown on it. And so out of that came a mutual dream that Allison and I had together. And that was the dream of us just speaking to, to people, men and women, because men grieve too. And just saying, there is hope after this kind of loss. There is hope and resources available to everyone that take you past the grave. My hope does not stay in the grave at all. My fourth point is hope is eternal. Because one day when I get to heaven and I get to stand before the saints and my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, shortly after I get to meet the big guy, I'm going to have five kids run up to me. And I'm, they're going to say, Mom, you did it. You made it home. Welcome home. And all of my questions will be answered at that moment. I have this hope that's deeply rooted, deeply rooted, you see. And in closing, I just, I want to acknowledge you. I want to acknowledge you and you and everyone here and online. Because no matter where you're at, no matter what you are facing today, God wants to renew your hope and a sense of hope in him. When I think of the verse, you know, yea, for I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. To have a shadow, you have to have light. And the promise of when you walk through that shadow is the promise of his light walking through it with you. So Faith Church, this morning, I want you to just close your eyes and I want to ask you two questions. Maybe, again, you're just thinking, you know, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure how this message relates to me because I haven't lost a child, but we've all gone through loss and disappointment and despair and all of those wonderful antonyms of hope. And maybe you're saying, this past year looked nothing like my plan. So whether you've experienced pain or the loss of that plan, and you've experienced feelings of depression, anxiety that maybe you've never experienced in your entire life. But my friends, coming from one mama whose hope well ran dry, I can tell you that God wants to bring it back to the overflow. So Faith Church, my question, my first question is, is this. Maybe you're sitting there saying, yeah, I've been going through something and I want to go back to that hope, school, that hope scale, but I don't want to stay at that one or two. I want to go back to the nine or ten. 
And I know that the hope of Jesus is the only way to get there. And I need that refreshment of hope. If that's you, will you just raise your hand? pray for these people right now. Father, in the holy name of Jesus, God, I ask for restoration to be brought to these people. I ask for a renewed sense of hope. God, I ask for a new passion for them to dive into your word, to develop that relationship like they've never, ever had before, ever seen. God, may you bless them. May you bless their, their and give them favor and abundance for saying, yes, I need a refresh of hope. I need a renewal of hope. May you bless them today. Church, as you keep your eyes closed, as I continue to pray, that leads me to the second question. And maybe you're thinking, gosh, Kelsey, you don't know what I've done. You don't know what I've been through. And and how can I hope in a God that I don't even know would even accept me? And you're right, I don't know. And and frankly, I don't deserve it either. But that's why God sent his one and only son, Jesus. And Jesus says that anyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Who is the Lord? He was the perfect, sinless son of God who came to this world in the form of a baby. To die for you and me, a sinner's death being nailed to a cross. It was buried in an unmovable tomb. But you know what? Three, day later, three days later, that tomb was moved. And he rose from the grave. And because of that faith, church, you and I can have hope. We can have hope to face those trials, to move forward in life, knowing that God is not against me, but he is for me. And he has great gifts for his children. If that's you and you say, I don't know, I don't know if I have that hope of Jesus Christ, but I want it. If that is you today, will you raise your hand and say, I want to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. If that's you, raise your hand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Yes, God. Oh, God, I love you. If you are here online and and you've said, yes, that's me, I want you to either out loud or in your head, just repeat after me. Father God, I know you are the son of man. I know you died in my place for the sin in my heart. I know that you rose again and are living. Today, I choose to give my life to you and put my trust in you and my hope in you. Renew me, restore me, bring me to you, Father God. I'm leaving my sin and my brokenness, and I put my trust in you today. I give my life to you today. Thank you, God, for eternal life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen, amen. Come on, can we celebrate? Can we thank Kelsey? Would you stand with us? Praise the Lord. God's good. 
Friends, I want to say thanks for being here today. Uh, again, ladies, on your way out, all the ladies in the room, uh, we have a gift for you on your way out. If you're here today, and two things. Number one, you find yourself in a place where, man, I'd really like to pray with somebody. I'd like to um, just, just connect, and, and I need some prayer today. Maybe something stirred up in you. We have a prayer team available to my left, your right, in the prayer spot. Would you make your way over there when we dismiss here in a minute? And allow us the opportunity just to encourage you, to pray with you, to look you in the eyes and tell you that you're loved. Uh, the second thing I want to encourage you with today is uh, maybe you've walked through something similar to what Kelsey shared, something struck a chord. Would you stop by and say hi to her, Allison or Ryan? There's some information there on ways you can connect, and they have uh, a process in place to walk with you. Maybe you know somebody that's walking through pregnancy loss, is dealing with some of this grief. They want to walk with you. They are a resource to you and a great partner to have in this way. And so would you stop by, greet them, find some information. And there's some information on the screen as well to help you to be able to do that, uh, to take some quick steps, to sign up for some encouragement if, if you find yourself in a place where, man, you really would like to do that. Friends, can I speak a blessing over you? Would you just put your hands out in front of you? Father, we thank you for the people of God today. And so today I bless them and I speak blessing over them. I thank you that in their coming and in their going, you are with them today. We, may your blessing be on them. May your face be towards them. May you give us grace and peace in a way that only you can. And may your countenance be shining bright towards us, your people. We bless them in the name of Jesus and all the people of God said, amen. Hey, have a happy mother. Hey, friends and family. I hope today's message was life-giving for you. I want to ask you to take a next step and go ahead and click the subscribe button so you never miss another chance to have an encounter with God. And while you're at it, take another step and share it with a friend. Maybe post it on your social network or text a coworker the link. And when you do that, you are partnering and get to be a part of seeing faith come to life in them. Hey, if Faith Church has made an impact in your life, if these messages are helping you gain traction in your faith, would you consider partnering with us financially? When you do that, it helps us widen our reach so that more people can have an encounter with the real Jesus. You can find information and ways to give on our central hub, faithchurchks.org. If, if you live in the Southeast Kansas region, we'd love to see you in person at one of our Sunday services. You can find those times on our hub as well, faithchurchks.org. Hey, remember this, God is for you and we love you.